Hello and welcome to Glaswegian Geeks. In this show we are discovering that, well, life isn't as bad as we think it is. Life has these nice little surprises, James. We thought, how much worse can this movie be? These last two Captain America movies have been the drizzling shits. Yeah, and uh, we obviously thought... Well, since we've started, we might as well. We started with Suicide Squad, which was a... I like to think was good, but the audio quality was terrible. I mean, we're getting better as the Captain America films go on, which is a good metaphor for our podcast, Mm -hmm. because the Captain America film that we have just watched has surprised and shocked us and, well, shocked me. I mean, for something that's still so bad, it was still actually really good and it's the second part to the first one that we done last time and then we covered the film from the 90s before that and now we're on you know part two of the 1979 captain america film starring red brown and i'm in shock it's it's a sequel that definitely improved improved doesn't even cover it this was one of the biggest shocks ever we both sat down before it and we were just we we were in despair. We were like, right, we need to do this. Just we've already cut deep. Let's just cut deeper. Let's just go into it. And what happened about ten minutes in? We were no, not even ten minutes. Five minutes in, we were loving this thing. Like, what happened? And what as happened, always, James? and as always, we will take you on that journey of self discovery with us. Uh, we were shocked at this film. I still wouldn't encourage you to go see it. I wouldn't encourage you to buy it. But I would say that you have to. You have to watch the two of them together so you see how shit the first one is and how surprisingly good the second one is. We Our expectations were fucking nothing. We were just like... They oh, were, we're just, below nothing. We, like, we were just thinking like, oh, wait, there, we're going to watch this. We're going to hate it. We're going to slag fuck out it. And the podcast that we do will probably like be 20 minutes long. And that, we'll just attach it onto the first part and make This it... was my fear. I thought, okay, we'll get a couple minutes out of it. Because, you know, the actors are mostly the same. Oh, Christopher Lee's in it, so he'll probably have a bit part in it. We'll, we'll, know, we'll just shoehorn the two episodes together, part one, part two. But, oh my God, there is so much to talk about about this. I think so. Uh, yeah, there is. Um... It's an experience, and we know that anybody who's been listening has been, you know, caught up on one Suicide Squad and two previous Captain America films. Don't worry, we have a treat for you next time, which we'll tell you at the end, uh, because we've we've had a surprisingly good film with us, uh, Captain America: Death Too Soon, which Maybe actually helps with the whole good, bad, and ugly. Yes, yes, it's actually yeah, yeah. I mean, the '90s one was okay. We'll put that under his no. The could, ugly could do better. The ugly, because I mean, everybody likes a bit of something that's ugly. You know, you know. Red Skull's face. It, oh, oh, gets me going. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a dark place right now. Yeah, um, James is touching himself again. Uh, yes, re- yeah, the nineties I'd say was pretty ugly, but the first part of the nineteen seventies. Captain oh, America. Horrible. Horrible. This is actually good. This takes the good <laughs> top spot. And I can't believe it because what came before it was shit and what came after it was just heinous. I can't deal with this. But what no I'm actually shocked with. I don't know if at the time they went, Oh god, this is so rubbish. Like we'll just we'll call it quits after two. 
we'll, we'll, no, we'll not do it anymore. Why the fuck didn't they follow this up? I want to see a current Captain America movie with Red Brown, Old Cap. <laughs> that, that is a dream. That is a dream that I live for. Anyway, there's a, there's a long list of shit that Mario loves about this <laughs> film. Uh, and we'll take you through every bit of it. But let's 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 talk about plot first because this film actually oh, has, oh, a wait, plot. No, it has a plot. It did have a plot and a, and a, and a, a reasonably good plot. I thought uh, better t- than the first one. Better than the nineties. Better than the nineties. Way better than the nineties. Nineties had no plot. It was just like oh Nazi. Oh we are out of ice and uh, the guy's trying to capture the present. Cool. I think you've got that order muddled up, but I won't. I don't. I had, oh. Pff. Sorry, was that movie actually okay? Was that not muddled up? Uh, mm, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, this one actually <laughs> sticks to its plot quite routinely, and I think the star of the show of this film is Christopher Lee playing yes. Miguel. 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 <laughs> the man with a plan. And it's a plan that, you know, that, that gets me gone. It's my kind of supervillain plan. First of all, we'll give you a brief rundown of the film. So Captain America's continuing his antics from the end of the first part, which is running around being Captain America on his fucking motorbike and shitty plastic dinner plate shield. And <laughs> the, uh, the interesting thing with this one is Cap is actually being Cap. He's been Captain America. He's yeah. been Steve Rogers. He's, he's, he wants to help people. And he still follows this theme for the first one that, he, that he's, he's an artist and he wants to just see the world. He like wants he's to an everyman. Yeah. Like, it just it wants to do everything possible. Yeah, he wants to live his life and I suppose being Captain America grants him that platform to do everything. Because I mean, I want to say that I'm a superhero but I'm never going to do that in my life. I don't think so. I mean, I might if Christopher yeah, Lee possible. pops along but he's kind of dead. Um, <laughs> well, so anyway, Captain America gets drawn into this thing uh, when a scientist uh, goes missing um, and it gives the the impression that it's a man called Miguel who's behind it we find out that Christopher Lee is actually uh, a revolutionary terrorist uh, by the name of Miguel and he is in charge of a prison somewhere else in America uh, Portland I think it might have been Yeah, just outside Portland yeah. and um, he's using that as cover uh, and he believes that no one is going to look for him you know, in a penitentiary, which is a brilliant idea. Uh, and because he's, he, no one knows what he looks like. No one genuinely knows what he looks like. They they actually state that they have, so there's a bit where, you know, Steve is looking at pictures and he's like, these are six different men. It's like, no one knows what he looks like. No one knows. Who he is. This film gives you everything. It actually covers its tracks really well in terms of like, so you might be going, well, you know, if he's, you know, if he's a big, well-known revolutionary why do people not know what it looks like and what what you know surely people would know but the fact of this film is they imply that he's you know he's an underground revolutionary he's a terrorist but he keeps his identity from the public and that is that is one of the most menacing things about him because he through most christopher lee through most of the film doesn't actually worry about getting caught which because he, he knows no one knows who he is so I find that like a really interesting part of his character. He's a character that's thought of everything, and effectively Captain America gets brought into this small, goes investigating a small town. Steve oh, wait there, Rogers. Oh, you're you're overlooking the one thing that we missed that that we never received in part one in the first part. Oh, Steve the gets shield. His... Yes! I'm giving I'm giving a brief overview, right? Oh, we'll get to oh. that. Anyway, so yada yada yada. You know, Steve goes into this small town. Everyone's a bit alienated, a bit indoctrinated, sort of like they're scared of something. They know something's not quite right, and you find out that this city is 
this little town, there is something genuinely not quite right going on, and Steve investigates it, which I think is an interesting thing, because it's the kind of thing I expect Steve Rogers to do, to go and investigate, to go do some work, which he does, and, you know, by the end of it, you know, Cap, you know, confronts Christopher Lee, and, you know, does all the good guy stuff, we'll go into more detail about it along the way, however, Mario is choking to tell you about this opening yes. scene, this opening oh. scene, no. When you make a film, arguably, it's the opening scene that has to sell it to you. It grips you. I mean, I, I personally think if you're not gripped in something in the first 10 minutes, don't see it. Don't watch it, because you're not going to like it. And um, to me, this this kind of scene was just really shocking. It was really unbelievable. Not shocking as in, oh my God, that's controversial, but shocking as in, oh my God, this was made in 79. I don't expect things to get any better than this, but this is good. Like, <laughs> So, Mario, take it away and let these lovely people grace their ears and you tell them why you love this scene so much and then they'll, you know, leave you comments like, you're a fucking knob, Mario. What are you thinking? How can you think this movie's good? I'll fucking tell you, the first five minutes of this, this five minutes of Steve Rogers, first he stops someone bumping into an old lady, which is a Steve thing to do. He's caring for everybody, especially the elderly. Because uh, uh, it's called, he has an old... Well, this one this, this... these two series of movies don't have the lineage of it was in Case the 40s nice. and then Frozen and came out. So it helps to show that he's... A compassionate he's, guy. He's a, more the Boy Scout kind of character, you know? Loves everybody, does anything to help everybody. So this old lady's worried about getting her cheque still, you know, her monthly cheque and stuff, and that these gangs are hanging about and threatening him taking their money and he's just like you you cash your check you do it like like you know this guy's on the case here he's going to do anything to help her and as per she cashes, cashes her check unfortunately she gets followed by the warriors-esque gang yeah yeah very her. warriors-esque but uh yeah they take her uh, purse off her and what does steve do steve rides that red white and blue motorcycle and chases a guy down, takes it off her, and then gives it back to her. She goes away. Before we get to the the good stuff, James? Now, before we get into the bit that actually is incredible, I will remind you that in the first part, in the first podcast we did for the first film, uh, we disclosed that Captain America doesn't do anything really Shield related. Shield related, really super related. We see him rip things after hinges, maybe Jumps once or twice, and small stuff. things. But this film really somebody obviously sat with them and said these were the good bits of the first film, if there were any. And this is how we can improve by putting more of this stuff in. So this film really increases the use of you know, Steve actually throws the shield. Um he, you know, he does a lot of super jumps. There's he shows more his super, super abilities. There's more super abilities, and that's a, a comic book thing that you're just like, oh my god, like that's that's I've what you've been want to waiting see. for this. Yeah, and yeah, so Mario's going to go back and tell you the scene that that happens, and I'm going to tell you why I don't like that scene. So Mario, please. So first off, the Warriors S gang member pulls a knife on Steve, and Steve, in his infinite ability, throws a shield but misses, and because we saw the boomerang ability of the shield in the first part the guy's just like haha I'm gonna come at you Steve's just standing there what does the shield do James what does the shield do to the guy the shield flies back and hits him in the back of the head now this gentleman has a delayed reaction of about two seconds 
It felt like two years. If I get hit with a shield, right, to be fair, that Captain America shield is pretty fucking flimsy. But if I got hit with Captain America's shield, I'd be like, oh, I'm on the ground. I'm dead. Don't wake me up. I'm done. You know? This guy has the delayed reaction. He falls over. Steve has his big manly smile. And, you know, he gives the old woman back her check. And we're just sitting there like, my God, that is Captain America all over. That's the Captain America we don't see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's not just a soldier. He's a, he's a human, human being. being. He's a man. <laughs> he's he's beautiful. And while Red Brown is not... <laughs> back to this. This... this <laughs> This portrayal of Captain America in part two is just... It's on point, mate. It feels comic accurate. It feels right. It feels like the kind of thing he would do. He would go out of his way to, you know, help anyone. And that's why... uh, That's why this film might actually get rated above the first Avenger to me. (laughs) Mm, uh, That's a bold statement. Well, the first but, Avenger. Uh, I mean, it's not like I'm saying it's better than Winter Soldier because it's not. But you know, uh, a push. I think I could. I, I could make a strong argument about why it's content, not 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 video content, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's story basis is better. Yeah. And I think I, I think I think I think it would it would be a stretch. I'd probably uh, want to. You know, that that's that's a very bold statement, and I want to make my own that Civil War actually stole from this movie. <laughs> Bolder yes. statement, bolder yes. statement, mate. Uh, I'm just saying it's the best, like, of the bad films. Like, you know, you're, you're saying that, you know, this Civil War actually looked at this shit and stole from <laughs> it. Like, there's possibilities they had the video library to go, okay, what yeah. happened before? Let's not fucking do that again. Just a tidbit. Have you ever, have you ever heard the, the term don't shit where you eat? You saying that Civil War stole for this is pretty much you saying Civil War shit where it eats. It went back <laughs> and took something from a horrible film, which I don't condone in the slightest. <laughs> but yes, please explain. Yeah, so after uh, the delayed reaction shield hitting, uh, the gang member's partner in a beach buggy t- rips off. So what does Cap do? In, in the last movie, we're subjected to a lot of motorbike action. And, and in this one, we were subjected to much of the same. But... Also, in this one, we were heavily subjected to super abilities. Now, which I wasn't now, complaining about. Oh, definitely not. This this is what was lacking with the nineties. There wasn't enough a show of strength, ability to jump, lift things, or you know, super, normal superhero things that Captain America does. Now, this this beach buggy, yeah, turn it down the beach. What's that in the background? What is it, James? It's red, white, and blue. It is America chasing this bastard down the beach. And what happens? Steve runs after this car, which, to be fair, can it be going really fast? Can it be going really fast? Steve, you know, catches up with it. He pulls the guy out of it. You know, it's, it's a proper show of what... That that first ten minutes showed me more of what Captain America could do than the nineties one and you know the first part of the seventy nine films. The thing is, is like you know the nineties one, lot of shield action, lot yeah. of throwing the shield action, but no much else. No. And then you've got the first part of the seventy nine one, which showed you a little bit of strength, but nothing else. Jumping and stuff like there, there was jump. there was some super abilities, but there was no shield. Like I said the last time. 
if you put the two of those parts together, you would have got a well-rounded Captain America movie. Yeah. But this one has actually, like, done better than the two of them. Mainly because of its plot. It's your typical supervillain plot. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to the important but The juicy bit is that Miguel, played by Christopher Lee, um, has created something that accelerates ageing in humans. And by accelerates ageing in humans, I mean that, you know, within... You know, a four month weeks, you'll die. You you'll be an old man, and you or an old woman, and you'll die. You know, um, which I think is you know pretty good. I mean, this this film, you know, the the gender equality audience because everyone's subjected to it. Everyone's gonna die in this little city. So Miguel tells the government that um, if the government give him one billion dollars. He will, you know, give them the antidote and stuff like that. and or, or No, sorry. At first, it's like, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it if you give me $1 billion. And um, so the government were like, oh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. We're America. We don't do that. And um, so Miguel was like, well, fuck you guys. And then sets out in this little small town. And uh, then Miguel obviously tells one of the government officials, I've left a bit of the antidote in your apartment. They use a bit of the antidote to try and break it down to see if they can replicate it, which they can't, which leaves them with questions. This is an interesting thing about the film. It asks more questions because when they're trying to break it down, they're like, right, so how do we know that it even works? Which is a good question. I would ask exactly, that. If we because, can't break it down, like, why, why should we, why should we yeah, put it in why, why, we should, why should we pay him to, you know, give us the antidote when it doesn't work? When they could just be like, oh, I've got real antidote and option B here. And, um, yeah, um, so what they decide to do, um, while well, Steve is in this small town kind of, you know, trying to get off with a woman who owns a farm. Because, you know, that's American. That's that's Steve Rogers all over. That's red, white and blue right yep, there, mate. That is. Um, they, the people that he works for, um, who aren't exactly S.H.I.E.L.D., but they're like government scientists. Yeah, you could basically say Pentagon kind of level. Yeah. You, you would imagine so anyway. Yeah, the um, what they do effectively is they decide, right, we need to go to this little town and we need to find out if the antidote works. How do they do it? They do it in quite an intelligent way, I thought. They find two twins, two twins who have been subjected to the the infection, the the thing that's going to age them, and the doc- one of the doctors, uh, Wendy, is it? Wendy Day, yeah. Wendy, um, who's the main kind of lead main squeeze-esque sort of woman leading character she injects one of the twins with the antidote and says we'll give it an hour and an hour she may have aged I think it was a month oh it was a month, a month. so it wasn't an hour it would have been it would have been a day probably no or it would have been no 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 enough. like yeah maybe a, an hour an hour an hour, an hour. I think. So she, because if you're aging over what was it like a four days or a week mm-hmm. like Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll grant you that. I'll grant you that. Um, so she, so what I get is they inject one of the twins and they don't give it to the other infection. The the other, the other twin. She comes back in an hour and she's like, "This this one that I've given the antidote hasn't aged, but the other one has. So we know the antidote works." And they do it in quite an intelligent way where you take away from Steve and you see the people that he's working with, who are actually fighting their own battles to try and you know, save America, you know, they, they, and a Captain America movie, Captain America tends to generally save the world, but this is a film genuinely about, yeah, it's saving the world, but saving America first. That's the kind of thing about it. Uh, so they find out that the antidote works. 
but they can't replicate it. So they know Miguel has an antidote, and that's where Steve kind of comes in. Steve has to go in to find that antidote. And but the thing is, we're seeing a lot more kind of street hero stuff, like proper investigating into stuff, like the warehouse scene, like breaking in, finding yeah, the yeah. powder and stuff. You know, like actual like grassroots superheroing. The interesting thing that I like about this film is that Captain America is Steve's entity. Like, you know, that's that's the mask that Steve's we- Steve wears to protect himself. And in the first film, it was like, oh, you will be Captain America when we tell you. Whereas in this film, he's just Captain America whenever the fuck he wants to be. And rightfully so. Um, so, you know, it's a lot of Steve using his initiative, whereas in the first film, it felt like very forced, very stuff, very stuff like that. Uh, so somewhere, somewhere in the creative works has thought, Steve needs to be more human. He is a human being. He's got these powers and he's susceptible to aging and stuff like that and the books. But it differs a lot from the Marvel Cinematic Universe who make him this soldier, this man who is the first line of defence and he is the one that's going to sort out all the problems. You see Chris Evans be more street hero-esque in the first one. Yeah. And, and, and you know, the and the first Avenger. Yeah. When he's in the army. But it's a strong military focus, which, yeah, Captain America is, but he's always been a street hero. He's always helped people, anybody that asks him for help, which you see a lot of in this film, which helps build his character because he's, he's just a guy who wants everyone to be safe. Doesn't matter who they are or their background or where they come from. His job, he feels, as Captain America, is to be a guardian to those people and this film actually shows that which is actually really good like it, it's something that really interested me because uh, that opening scene you know with the old lady was just yeah oh yeah you've not seen that in another film do you know what i mean like that is something that you could see you know uh put in like winter soldier or civil war as a like a little throwaway scene but in this it actually means a hell of a lot, you know. It, it, there's so much riding on this movie in our well, in fans' eyes, to be a success. Like it needs to have X, Y, and Z, you know, X super abilities, shield Y, you know, and Z the human element. All that thrown in that first scene just gripped both of us right away. We 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 were expecting the we shit. were laughing at it because like, it was so cringy and cheesy. It, but it was actually when we toned it down, we were just like. This is actually a really good... Bad movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, its plot is good, the acting is still shit, the soundtrack is still shit, but the plot's good. Captain America and Steve Rogers, like, as separate entities, are much, much better. And, you know, like, generally the fact that... The big issue I had was the first film just didn't have a plot. It was a villain doing something for money. Miguel, well, it's never outrightly stated, um, it feels like he has a point He's a revolutionary. Like he's, he's trying a- to prove something. He's trying to not hold them for ransom, but he's trying to change something. Yeah, he's trying to get his way. And it's almost like he knows that the government aren't going to listen to him. So he's just like, well, fuck you guys. I'll do what I want. And that's what made... And, and, and Christopher Lee's used very sparingly in it, which uh, he's sort of like, you've got to the end of a graft, like watching some of these scenes, you know, these long character development scenes. You know, I would, I would then, say that he's then, only really in about maybe 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then you've like, got Christopher... Min- minus the uh, long drive scene, the chase scene at the end. <laughs> but, like, other than that, like, 
he's maybe in it ten minutes out of like say seventy eighty minutes. Yeah, like and that's for a main villain. That's really well done. Yeah, I know because most times now, you know, if you compare it to the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, you have villains like say, you know, um, Killian and Iron Man three. You know, they build the Mandarin up to be the main villain, but Killian's actually the villain, and he's actually. This is one of the things I actually kind of liked about Iron Man three was that the the Mandarin was meant to be the real villain when you realise that he wasn't, but you find out that Killian's the guy pulling the strings, and you only see him for roughly ten minutes prior yeah. to that. So you know, you sometimes Marvel people have this expectation that Marvel have to have really endearing, wonderful villains, which they should because villains are what you know the villains are what I go for. You know, like Loki. You know, as my, my main squeeze, he's my boy. Like, and people people give him all this this stuff because it's always oh, he's an amazing character. He's he's got this really unique story, and it's like, well, you know, you know, he's fostered a kilt his real dad, adopted him, and lied to him about his foster dad. It's not really a story you've not seen before. It's a, it's a story similar to the other ones. I think the main reason why Loki, for example, is a villain that everyone likes is because he's just got comedy. He's 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 funny. He's tragic, and realistically, you could see him as a good guy. Oh yeah. Even though he doesn't want. He never really is and doesn't want to be. So, you know, Loki still stands as one of Marvel's best villains for good reason. He's not, like... If you compare Loki to someone like... Um, someone someone so... Kaecilius for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Kaecilius was actually quite a good villain to me. It was typical Marvel taking advantage of the villains, but Kaecilius was only in it for a little bit, really. But when he was there, he dominated. He made a point to show that he was a powerful and strong villain. And in the end, it's not Kaecilius Doctor Strange defeats. It's Dormammu. And through defeating Dormammu, he defeats Kaecilius. He never actually properly beats Kaecilius, apart from that bit in the middle. But, you know, Kaecilius comes back. Yeah. Kaecilius was a villain that, you know, actually won until Strange had to do something he had to become a middleman to stop that which was an interesting thing um, that's what this film kind of does you know it's, it's not actually Steve that finds really you know who Miguel is he gets informed by you know the people who are, he's working with we have an idea of where he is um, you have to do the rest and he does the rest you know it's that kind of way where Steve seems like a middleman in this which is good you know it's like instead of you know the hero is the middleman he's the guy that needs to go, I need to do something. You know, that's a powerful thing. And this film really does do that. It makes you kind of think, oh, he's, he he, he kind of has this little subliminal dream in the middle of it that he wants to just settle down and have a family and just live his life like that. And then, you know, that family that he kind of adopts uh, helps him. So it feels like a family story. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that I liked about this film. I thought that it was a genuine... It's it's a strong improvement from the first one, without any shadow of a doubt. So plot wise, I think it just it, it's your typical supervillain threatening to destroy well, something well, and wants money for it. But well, let's compare it uh, between one and two. Like uh, villain wise, they've got something. They're gonna do whatever, set it off to get money. Can't it's it's a carbon copy, cut and paste job for script villain wise. But Christopher just sells it. I think yeah. Like, his acting is so good. Like, just the little 
lines here and there that he, he delivers are perfection. It's 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 my favourite line in the whole film though I have to admit when they put there's a bit where they put Steve in jail because he's asking too many questions around this small town and no 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 they they put him in jail because uh, uh, Miguel got five of his guys to set about Steve Rogers but you know being Captain America he whipped him so 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 what happens there oh you're getting arrested for what attacking five guys yeah that 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 seems uh, reasonable, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a kind of there's a bit like the lift scene from Winter Soldier, kind of you know when they're taking him to the van and they keep prodding him and prodding him and really and he's not wanting to fight them. He's just like I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be the bigger man and I'm going to walk away. Which another Steve Rogers trait because he knows he could you know kick every one of their cunts in, but just point blank refuses, and they keep prodding him and prodding him and it's just like that, and he's like. And Steve's just like, don't do that. Like, I told you not to do that. And it's like that bit in the lift and Winter Soldier where he's like, if anyone wants to get out, do it now. Like, and then he just <laughs> sets about them. And it's, it, it just, it feels like that, you know. It, it feels like, you know, while it's a weak movie overall, I give it a lot of great, you know, great comments because it's genuinely something that improved from the first one and actually feels like a comic book movie. It a really comic does. book movie of 79 you know it's 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 mental like i did not expect it to be as good as it was even though i still view it as being quite bad but it's still you know it, it still could stand on its own feet and it's it is i think it is pretty much rated like also one of the worst films oh easily easily for like, good reason I, but I'll, I'll still never understand like it might it might become a wee guilty pleasure for me Oh, well, go back to every now and again. All right. Uh, possibly. The the one thing I still don't understand with the two movies is the motorbike. Like, okay, motorbikes is a an American thing, you know? So, why, why, what, like, what, what's the need? He's Captain America. He's got all these abilities. He can chase a beach buggy. <laughs> like, uh, why does he need a motorbike? Yeah. Like, it, and also, the fact that he never, n- not one single scene, does he take the helmet off. Yeah, the, it, the helmet's kind of part of his it's, outfit. It's very much Judge uh, Dredd. The good one, Dredd, not the Stallone one, which we'll explore another time. Oh dear. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's very much Dredd, like, oh, don't take the helmet off. Yeah. And also, very comic book, like, apart from the government... Uh, people that Steve works with nobody knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America yeah that is something that I'm living for because it's that is very vigilante I I, I don't think it's exactly comic comic accurate because no no oh come on take comic books like Civil War the whole point of Steve fighting against you know people taking their masks off is more powerful because people know who he is People know who he is. That's why he's such a powerful leader because he's someone who the world knows is Steve Rogers, but he still believes that people have a right to choose not to show their identity, which, you know, deep down makes you think about what he is like in a character in that comic book. 
you know, he's a guy who's like, the world knows who I am. Maybe the world would be better off not knowing who I was, you know? And that's why that's such a powerful thing to me. And this, no one knows who he is. Because there's a scene like when he breaks out of jail and the guy calls up Miguel and he's like, Captain America just broke Steve, Steve Rogers out of jail. And me and Mario <laughs> were buckling because that, that's one of those throwaway lines you don't expect. And maybe in 79, it wasn't so much of a big deal because it, it, it was never a huge deal in the sort of golden silver age to you know have superheroes identities known to the world now it's a more prominent thing because it's all about identity and who these people are whereas you know you, you can you could talk about it for hours but it just to me it was just a, a, a cool a, a cute wee line because it's like in the mcu everybody knows who steve rogers oh, yeah. is everybody knows who captain america is and it's it was different it was it was different to see in a film because even in the 90s one it's implied that everybody knows that Captain America is Steve Rogers oh, yeah. through history. So that's actually quite an interesting thing because they kind of reveal Captain America's identity as Steve Rogers in the comics because he's he was put in ice and everybody's like, oh, what happened to him? You know, it's it's like, so people kind of wanted that right to know and then they knew that it was Steve Rogers. So when he comes back, everybody just knows. This avoids that whole being encased in ice story and actually it's like, what if Steve Rogers wasn't encased in ice what if steve rogers wasn't a device for fighting nazis what if steve rogers was just captain america and it actually makes me have a wee bit of respect for the first part because it's like oh yeah your dad was captain america and that completely annoying thing (laughs) but they never ever mention back that it's just this is purely captain america um which you know to this day still shocks me like (laughs) This this film will be stick with me forever, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's uh, it's something. It has its redeeming factors. Like I said right after uh, we watched it, that this almost redeems the first movie being so shit. Almost, like, yeah. Like there, in it, my opinion, there's no excuse for a, a film to be shit, especially if it's like <laughs> a first film. Oh, yeah. that warranted a sequel somewhere. But uh, thank fuck there was a sequel because holy fuck! This actually gives me hope for Suicide Squad too. <laughs> it, it does. No, I'm not even joking. It does because like the first film, so messy, so disjointed, so all over the place. Remind you anything? Mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. So maybe, just maybe, there's hope that you know, like it could happen. Like Suicide Squad two could actually be a. It happened in '79. Why not 2019? And, or whenever know, they make it I mean this is just us talking about it there's probably people who would listen to this who did see it in 79 like these cunts don't know what the fuck they're talking like, about like stupid prick a <laughs> arsehole I'm arsehole obviously oh I'm prick aye of course of course because <laughs> you know reasons yes um, reasons but overall aye the film's a vast improvement for the first one I could watch it again I could watch it again but not for a while not for a while the the wounds still hurt, like, the shit still shows through, but it, it is actually sh- good. It still shows through, like, I will not stand, sit here and say that it's above four stars, right? It's, it, it's, <laughs> it's probably a good, you know, I think I rated the first one, like, nothing. I think, yeah, you did. Uh, so, the, I mean, this one's earned, you know, one star. <laughs> and it's Just one? Well, I mean, Captain America only has one star. Uh, relevant, relevant well one on his shield one is so, so. Mm, okay two yeah. stars <laughs> fuck you right technicality technicality oh but then if you want to go with that oh wait, uh, we're forgetting <laughs> we are forgetting the best 
two of the best moments in this entire fucking movie. If you ever watch this movie, please just watch the last ten, first five minutes and the last ten minutes of it. G- give me a moment. Best fucking moments of the movie. I'm going to have to ease people in, right? I'm going to have to ease oh, people Oh, hold on. You're right. getting a... In the first film... Right. In the first film, we responded to a severe lack of um, super moves, super abilities, but we were subjected a lot to his motorcycle, which we credited that his motorcycle has functions that we didn't see in the first film. We got to see what the hidden third function on his motorcycle was. And Mario has never been more pleased. Like, this, 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 this just does something to Mario. I don't know what it is. When... In the first film, Captain America has a parachute on his bike. Um, and Mario, through that whole film, was like, oh, tell me the parachute's red, white, and blue. Tell me the parachute is red, white, and blue. Make it so American, it hurts. And um, just make it so American that, you know, I want to be American. I want to bleed red, white, and blue. Like That was that kind of reaction that Mario had. And let me tell you that Mario is going to take great pleasure in telling you what occurs in this film... Because it was like something he was waiting for. Yeah, we were, uh, we were. The last ten minutes were experienced to one of the many things that happened in the first movie. They're not not a lot of special effects, costly and stuff. So we got a lot of chase scenes. So on this, Miguel was driving away with the virus and the antidote. I, I'd imagine. So he's driving away. Steve chasing him in his bike, but you know, there's there's a great distance there. You know, there's hills and shit. So what does Steve do, James? What what does that marvellous red, white and blue arsehole do? There's a jettison <laughs> button on his bike that brings out... You know, I was hoping for a parachute and I'm going, Oh, yes. No, it's a glider, mate. It's a, a fucking glider. glider that... That literally that, not, that not glides even, a bike as well. No, just just not not just a glider. Specifically, it's a hand glider. Yes. It's yes, it's, James. It is a hand a fully fledged hand glider that somehow fits into that motorcycle because and, reasons. Because reasons and Mario. It's oh, let me wipe the tear away. It's red, white, and blue. It's got an actual American flag. It's got a fucking star right in the fucking center. That is beautiful. That is America right there. Flying through the sky on a glider. Chasing a big bad bastard. Just brings a tear to my eye every time. It's like full circle material. Yes. It's like... Because, it, I mean, he probably uses the parachute glider as, um, you know, roughly about the same time as he did in the first one. You know, near the end. Yeah. And it's like, a, it's like a nice wee callback to that, but better. <laughs> like, like, like I say, the film is only good because it shocks you and it surprises you that, you know, in terms of character development, in in terms of plot, in terms of, like, the super moves, in terms of the arsenal that Captain America has at his disposal, it just... It just makes you think, like, something happened along the way. Someone tried to guide these people and these creatives to doing something a little bit better. And they succeeded. Because... like I say, while it is an absolute naff film, I would watch it again purely because it it is actually an improvement. Oh, yeah. And I think anything that actually has improved itself, even if it's a terrible improvement, is worth a go just to kind of take note of that. This film feels more like Captain America than the first part. Oh, easily. 
because it's just so cheesy. It's just so it's very it's very Silver Age Captain America. So much cheese, and you know, I I just I don't know. Also, let's get to the end. The ending. Uh, I do, and, and where we got uh, the idea for the name of this episode. It's a thing that we've came to where we take the take a funny line out of the movie and place it for the title. And we th- I think personally it's very metaphorical to our first trilogy experience of reviewing these horrible films. Because after this one, we're going on to the big bad world of other films. Yes. Um, other great, bad and terrible movies. And, you know, this, this really brought it full circle. Captain America defeats Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee uh, throws um, a vial of the ageing accelerant at Steve Rogers in the hopes that it is going to do something to him. Cap flips his shield up and throws it at the bottle. The bottle smashes and the whiplash sends it right back at Christopher Lee who starts to fight with Steve. So he gets a bit of the aging stuff on him. But, my God, you see what that formula did to Christopher Lee. It like, aged him so much. Rapidly. Like, all we can only speculate here that the virus that was spread elsewhere was diluted to well, was, obviously make a air. bigger, a, a, a wider populated area. You know, this this is just self-contained in this small bottle so pure, uh, so yeah pure it's virus pure virus so obviously it's more potent it's more lethal it's more extreme so that happening was what within within 30 seconds with Christopher Lee who still was relatively kind of decent age then like going to like completely white hair and dying and he's and, like in the mouth like just going in yeah and oh and uh, then one of his henchmen was in a helicopter coming down to obviously take his retreat. He's like, Miguel, Miguel. And James, what was that marvellous line that was delivered by Captain America, who actually has brought so much comedic factor to this movie that it's helped it. It's It's just hilarious. I I loved it because it was just the perfect way to end such a fight scene. It's the best way to end cheese. The guy comes out of the helicopter and is like, Miguel, Miguel, and then Steve just stares him down and it's like, you're too late. Miguel died of old age waiting for you. It's a boom. Typical, traditional, shitty Captain America line, but it's so good. <laughs> it's, I'd say it's more Spider-Man uh, one-liner. Oh, no. Steve's an old man, remember? Not in this. Not in this, I, I suppose. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> it just... <sighs> I could see Captain America saying that. I could see Spidey saying it. Just just because it's a pure... Well, here's the thing. Spider would probably cry at the villain's like dead body for an hour and then crack that line and then still cry afterwards. So, yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, you, imagine, you could see. You can imagine Cap saying it and then Tony Stark going, we are not friends anymore. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's one of the ones, like... It's just... The film is genuinely still naff. We, we've kind of bigged it up yeah. a bit more than we should have. Well, but it was just because of the sheer it des- shock. It deserved it. It deserved it because it was it was an incredible improvement. Well, using, oh, oh, come on. Using... It was an incredible improvement compared <laughs> to the first one. Like, we can't even 
I'd almost say you can't compare the first part and the second part because, like, okay, the villains have got the same kind of idea, but it's night and day. Like, if you watched... If this was just another kind of reboot Captain America story, separate from the first one, you'd go, actually, that's that's good, but because it... it but because the movie is actually a f- sequel from the drizzling shits, it's m- almost even better. Like, you get me? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying that the second part to one of the worst movies I've ever watched <laughs> is the better of the three that we've done. But, in my opinion, part two of Captain America... 1979, titled Death Too Soon, is by far the better of the 1979 part one film and the 1990s Captain America film. Damn right. It is the most comic book accurate, even though it is littered with cheese and... Well, it's a comic book movie. You're you're supposed to have a lot of comedy in it, a lot of cheesy one-liners, like, look, it's I mean, look Take at Take it back to Spider-Man. Even uh, the... Is it Thomas Jane Punisher? That's mm-hmm. got a lot of cheese in it. Yeah, I think so. Oh, well. A lot of comedy with a whole... Oh, I've got a blowtorch that's so hot, it's going to feel like cold, and he's got a lollipop to his back, you know? Like, that. that's that's funny. Like, even though Punisher's not meant to be funny, he's supposed to be it's a, a brutal it's a, bastard. It's, a but... really, it's really dark humour with the Punisher. Yeah. And I mean, like I say, the MCU try to toned down on the cheese like it's not so much cheese as so much as as good humor at the time so it's like this is just i mean mean, maybe it's because you know this is older than us you know this is this is older than (laughs) we didn't know what comedy was in the 70s but apparently it was like this so you know (laughs) no one in the 70s was funny and that's that's my opinion and i'm sticking by it and (laughs) i think genuinely it's hard to admit that this is the best of the bad bunch but it is and that's what I think out of the three what would you say uh, hands down like the the 1990s had a lot of uh, throwaway stuff you had Nazis you had the proper origin you had Red Skull you had the frozen nice cool you had all that You, it was the second part that acts two and three that were an absolute clusterfuck. First part of 79, shockingly bad. This, really good. Like, com- compared to the others, really good. On its own, compared to First Avenger, Winter Soldier, or Civil War, uh, yeah, it still, does, it still, still fall, fall short by a mile, but it's you can more name- notable than, and honourable than the other two. What 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 I was probably arguing earlier was um, I could make a decent case with this compared to the first Avenger because the first Avenger is by far the better film, but I can make an argument with this that this is more honourable to the source material a little bit, even though it completely misses the Nazi thing, please that, but it captures who Steve Rogers is as a person better in some respects, and on that basis alone. I could put an argument. It feels like uh, the kind of plot I would read in a, a Silver Age comic. Yeah. You know, 
that and for any kind of film with any kind of budget to purely put that out you're like jesus right okay like like i said i was shocked i was but <laughs> it, it's purely maybe down to the fact that the two films we watched before it were just so shit <laughs> and so shit that you know you get this which is actually like a slight breath of fresh air even though it still smells like shit. But it's still a breath of fresh air. And I would rather this shit than that shit. So, it, it wins out of this trilogy for me. What I would think. you give it out of five? Or did was it ten? Uh, out of ten? I think we'd done out of ten because you could actually go that kind of extra margin and go, oh, it was just better than a one, one out of five kind of thing. But like, you know. Three out of ten for me. Three out of ten. If, I, if I'm giving it three out of ten, purely based on how good it is at honouring Steve Rogers as a character and how they develop his character in this film and how they, you know, bring, you know, your typical unbelievable supervillain plot but still manage to keep it interesting with an actor like Christopher Lee. And, you know, I, I would, I'm not going to give it more because it's still a pile of shit, but the stuff that I think needs to be there is definitely there. And I think if they just... I think if they had better stuff at the time, this could have been really good. I think if, if they had the equipment we have today and they had the, the, the people, like the right people on board to make it today, yeah, this could have been really sellable, in my opinion. I think it's got the bare-bone basics of what a Captain America film should be. Um, and, you know, people might disagree with that, but Silver Age style... You're, you, it's it's on point. It's it's pretty. And for if I'd seen this, if I was like maybe a kid in seventy nine and I'd seen this one, it's less political than the first one, which makes it more enjoyable. And it and it feels me kind of authentic, even though there are some bits that just throw it away and make it boring and tedious and shit. But at the end of the day, what's needed, what needs to be there is there. And I think if they could just build on it, like it could have been really really good. Maybe on five stars. Make it average. I would. I think I gave the last, the part one, maybe two, two out of ten. And I'm trying to think what I gave the nineties one. I think I was kind of level playing field. So I'd say I I can't give it a four out of ten because that's that is still quite a relatively high mark. Than what it deserves. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, compared to like other movies we'll do down the line that are definitely more deserving of that, I would definitely go with a three out of ten because it isn't entirely bad. Like it still has the bad points of from that. part one, uh, but there's a lot of good in it and a lot of redeemable factors that were were sorely missed from the first one. Like we got slight teases of it this one actually hit it out of the park mate like I could watch this and and easily say it's oh bold statement time one of the best worst kinda, movies yes one of the best worst movies you'll ever see in fact is that the case because what are we doing next time James oh dear we'll get to that but I mean, overall thoughts. It was good. It's doable. It was good. It's doable. I'd sleep with this film. <laughs> I'd regret it immediately. You'd after. kick out of bed. 
Oh no, I wouldn't cuddle it afterwards. No, oh. no, 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 no. Um, I'd feel deep regret after sleeping with this film, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's it's the best of a bad bunch. Yep. And you can get all three of them in a box set together. Yes, like really, I did. Like Mario did. Cause for, for our torturous entertainment. Oh, yeah. Jeez, oh. Anyway, um, now that the Captain America trilogy is done, you might be thinking, what can they possibly do next? Well, we've been researching and we have a lot of stuff we to We have with you. many, many movies to put ourselves through. Oh, yes. We have Green Hornet, Catwoman... Batman and Robin, Batman Do- Forever, Dolph Lundgren, Punisher, uh, seven, 1978, Doctor Strange, which until a few weeks ago, James, I didn't know it existed until you shined that upon my life. I'm so excited for that. Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. starring the Hoth. Yes. Uh, we've got, but don't worry, we both throw some good films there, in there, there every now and again. There, it won't just be shit, you know, we, like I said last last time, time before, you can't always have shit you need to shine the light on some good stuff and give credit where it's due like this movie that we just watched exactly so because this one is actually quite decent we're going to go back to bad movies starting next week with James I can't do it I can't I can't bring myself to say the words you can just take a deep breath tell those adoring the adoring public what they can be subjected to next time on Glaswegian Geeks. The Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. Is, does that not just sound amazing? I've never seen that. I've never seen it. I've refused to see it out of principle. Out of principle? Well, yes. I'm peer pressuring you to watch it, son. It's going to be an experience <laughs> and a half. Uh, experience is putting it lightly. I played the game. How was the game? Oh, oh but I'll save that for next episode. I don't want any uh, spoilers for it. My silence is a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) That is enough. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. And until next time. Say something. Say something. Fuck you and watch this movie. Bye. (laughs)